abide by this fucking recording session happening in my fucking kitchen. Space beef like, band, like, god damn like, it. She's hungry for Mongolia barbecue and dick. Basically, what's gonna happen is every week we're gonna offer to suck Mark and Trevor Woods. Do you realize how bad of an idea this was? This is an idiot show. This is our episode. Yeah, exactly. How bad boys. It's like, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Oh, we gotta be over here. Like, as a friend, as, as a friend, come on, guys. An incredibly poor decision and literally betrays everything that the beef such is about. Welcome back to the Lost Beat 6 Show. This is Punish Steve. I'm here with the DRE as DRE. usual. How are you doing, everybody? We got a uh, we got a kind of a kind of a nice small uh, quieter show uh, tonight. Just the two of us kind of chatting it up. More musical. Yeah, we got a request today to top stop to not stick to sports. And uh, our uh, our sports guy C Dub he uh, couldn't make it tonight, so uh, things lined up. It did so. We we uh, we're gonna do something a little bit tonight where we're actually we've been talking about a while now. A plan we've had for a while, definitely. And, uh, certainly uh, a plan that's inspired uh, future projects for sure. Uh, very true. And uh, we're basically gonna discuss um, what we would consider the beefinest albums of all time. You know the beefers. You know us. <laughs> now so, you get to hear what the beefers think about beef. So these are our, you know, we're going to go over, you know, some obvious choices that we want, and then we're going to discuss yeah, what sure. would make the list and what wouldn't. So I think how we're going to do it is I'm going to, I mean, there's going to, we're going to quickly discuss ones that we know are going to be in the list. Yeah, there, there's some obvious picks. There's some no-brainers. And then I'm going to throw up some ideas of what would make the cut if yeah, they make Steve's the cut. Steve's a little bit more researched in terms of uh, basically everything, and I'm kind of more, uh, you know. Shooting off, uh, shooting from the fly here. So, I think that's the format we're gonna go with. Yeah. So essentially, um, we're gonna go ahead and just kick it off with. You know, actually, I'm gonna have a question for you, Eric. What would what would what would you consider an album to be like a beefing uh, a beefing album? Like, just, so just the criteria. Yeah. So it's gotta have it's gotta have guitar. I think. Uh, someone can prove me wrong or throw me a jazz album or something my way. I don't know. I'll consider it. But you, you, what you think of... Fears, maybe. It's not very guitar-centric. Not guitar-centric, but got guitar. The guitar is kind of What about hip-hop? Hip-hop is... Where does hip-hop live? I don't know if hip-hop lives in the guitar. Because I do have one suggestion that is a beefing album. Okay. It's in there. All right, we'll we'll so, see. So, you know. but but back to your question, the the criteria is, it's uh, and, and maybe this actually supports the hip hop argument. It's got to be, it's got to be dripping in something, and usually that something is 
attitude or confidence or arrogance. It's usually knowing that what you're doing is really fucking good. And it's also got to involve some fucking licks, some hooks, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't consider um, Absolutego by Boris a beefing album, even though it's got many of the requirements. But that album is more on the experimental and kind of very personal or self-expressive way, which is usually not what we're kind of going for here. That that's like, Beefing's usually got to be a little more... Uh, not not party friendly, but you know, you don't need to be in a particular mood to enjoy it per se, right? I would agree. It's it's yeah. It's we all have our own personal favorite albums that we all yeah, like to listen you know, to. I feel like it's got to transcend some taste. Yeah. So um, on that criteria, I'd say uh, yeah. Usually guitar heavy. Got to have some hooks. Got to have some balls. Got to have some beef. You know, it's it's gotta it's gotta hit you. You know, it's gotta have impact. And that that, that may be broad, but that's broad by Does, by design. Yeah. So because if, that, we, that, if we went by all these different rules, and I start ruling out certain things, and <laughs> it gets kind of. Um, and hey, I I will make exceptions if something is exceptional in some regard. I'm like, okay, that that's gotta that's gotta hit the list. You know. Right. So, um, unless there's anything else, without further ado, should we go ahead and uh, get into this here? Yes, I'm going to go ahead and just start the nominations off. And is um, is this the uh, the for sure's or is this the debatable? I have like three for sure's. Okay, maybe four for sure's right so now. So we'll we'll go ahead and then talk about why we like them. Yeah, and then we'll like we'll keep it brief because we got. I'm going to try to fit in at least ten and make a list of ten. Okay. And, um, if we get some honorable mentions at like 12 or 15, then sure, so sure. be it. But um, the first one I'm going to list is uh, is Led Zeppelin 1. Oh, yeah. That's... it's That's got the best... The best um, John Bonham performances, like, song per song-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. It's got probably the best Robert Plant vocals... I'm not so sure if it has the best uh, John Paul Jones bass. It's up there. Yeah, I think it's um, really good. Yeah, I, I think I prefer Led Zeppelin too for um, the the bass. I, I, I really like the Lemon Song bass. Yeah, that, that's it's, it's like always fucking the, it's incredible. A classic, yeah, and um, Jimmy Page wise, he has good shit on every album. I I feel like it's kind of hard to rank. You know, like. Uh, Jimmy Page performances. He was the producer and writer of you know most tracks. He's involved in everything. And he also had the you know, as far as that the, he had the least amount of writing on this <laughs> one. <laughs> you know? There's a certain I always talk about the Glenn John sound, but that doesn't quite sure. Fit, yeah, it, it I don't share the, the engineering uh, perspective as much. But uh, go ahead, feel free to shed some light but, on uh, the the engineering behind. I, I don't think I need to. It's pretty much you know, it. The the discussion is basically he set the mics up, the band did their thing. As that's how it is written in the Glenn John's memoir, but the um, the Jimmy Pageness of the the bombastic and the look at what I can do and oh, yeah, it, the it, continuous solos into the verses. <laughs> it's uh, something uh, we are uh, familiar with at the uh, Space Beef Band. Yeah, you know, one would say that we kind of uh, 
you know, kind of got it, you know, I subconsciously. Mean, I mean, I will, I will admit, uh, when I picked up a guitar at age um, 12, uh, in my first three years, I uh, bought several Led Zeppelin uh, guitar books, and uh, my dad owned a DVD of the only 15 good Led Zeppelin live performances all <laughs> compiled into one disc. And I uh, also owned a CD that had um, Led Zeppelin guitar tracks where they had three options. Remove guitar, remove vocal, and remove guitar and vocal. So it was like, sing and play along with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so I would play along with the ones that took out the guitar track, and I would uh, look at the book and you know try to mimic everything. So <laughs> uh, the, the early days of my guitar playing were uh, very Jimmy Page-influenced, as uh, everyone that's looked at my guitar playing could uh, attest to. So it's no secret there. Nice. But yeah, Led Zeppelin won for sure. Uh, beefing in basically every way. Um, I think how many more times is probably the best track on the album. What do you think, Steve? I flip between that and Dazed and Confused. I feel like the live performances of Dazed and Confused sometimes surpass the, the oh, studio I, I disagree because I think the days, that one goes on and on and on and on and on forever. Yeah, but you get so many more versions of it that you're you find more things. I suppose. I think just the I mean the studio version is the most, you know, complete or um consistent version, of course. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of really fucking good shit from like black and white, like Dutch TV performances, you know, I'm like, oh shit, they're fucking going hard in this the one. The one from the Paris the Paris bootleg. <laughs> yeah, the Paris bootleg was good. Yeah, I think I'd agree that those two tracks are probably the best. I mean, Good Times, Bad Times is probably the most fun. Yeah. It's one we're going to be doing later on. We'll talk about that a little bit later. It's in the repertoire. It's coming in the repertoire. But anyway, let's move on to number two here. Number two, and this is not in any chronological order. Oh, it's not in a chronological order? No, because I, I, I... So it's in a ranking order? or just No, a- just in list order, just to have them on file. Okay. Because I, I, I had this organized previously where I could do it chronologically. Um, but instead, I'm just going to go with the for sures and then add in the list later. Okay. Uh, the second one I have is um, The Chronic. is Dr. Dre's The oh, Chronic. okay. And this yeah. is where I mentioned the hip-hop thing. Because there's not a lot of guitars on this record. Uh, there, there's there, there's some guitars. There's a lot of samples. That, yeah, that's true. But they're not. They're obviously like part of the licks. In, in, in. The, the, it's it's uh, you would say the grooves kind of work. It's you know the way the grooves kind of busted. Right, and right. The way that the production is built around um, uh, built around this sort of just I don't know. I feel like. The Chronic is similar to uh, late 60s, early 70s, you know, classic rock, like fucking smash hit guitar album. It may not be centered around an electric guitar with distortion, but yeah, what you're what you're saying about the, the you know, the grooves and the samples kind of take the place of that guitar. Like. Maybe beefing is there needs to be a lead something, be it a saxophone, a guitar track, or a fucking groove. You know, there's got to be something right in there. You mm-hmm. know, 
Yeah. So maybe I should refine my earlier statement, but um, I don't y- think so. We got the. I mean, we kind of understand that. It's, sure, sure. But but yeah, the, there's an attitude involved with the chronic that is so. Yeah. Um, like we were saying, bombastic is one of those great like words. Uh, yeah, it's it hits you immediately. Like you got that fucking intro, and then um. You know, fuck with Dre Day is just like, oh my god. Like, I, I would say a, so a, good, good. a good natural instinct that you would have when you hear a, 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 like a, one of the top beefing records is that like, your instant smile and that shitting grin that grows on you <laughs> yes. when you hear, first hear the record and you're just like, yes. Okay, alright, I'm getting into something. Like, oh, here we go. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Um, favorite track on The Chronic? Rat-a-tat-tat. That's my favorite. It's a good one. I, I, I still might fuck with fuck with Dre Day. It's good. No, I, I don't think there's a I, I there's no gonna be I don't think it's gonna be like a, that that's a terrible beat. track. How dare you pick that one? <laughs> yeah. What an overrated pick. My favorite Radiohead records. Okay, computer. No, yeah. uh, I, fuck with Dre Day just goes so hard right away, and mm-hmm. it it really it's a good choice. Yeah, it, it's like nothing but G things. Obviously, you know the. You know, it, it's great, but um, fuck with Dre Day. Just it has it's got an energy that's different that I think is really um, an energy that symbolizes maybe the album more than than uh, nothing but a G thing. I think it gives you a better thesis. Yeah, I, I feel not like the, 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 the album's angrier than we probably remember. You know, it came out right after the riots. You know, there, there's a lot right of after, shit, but well, it's it's there's a, there's an anger in it, but it's also a um, everybody. So this, can, this is the white perspective, of course. You know, uh, take that with a sure. <laughs> but if you, I think if you take like the Los Angeles perspective of like the people in like in Los Angeles, it's kind of made for a people consider that this record like a we've had a really tough year. It's time. Yeah. To, it's time to kick it, and that's kind of what everybody kind of gets from that record. Like when Jonathan Gold writes, wrote "Rest in Peace," wrote about it. R.I.P. Um, and pepperoni and and like everybody kind of considered this considers this record like more about having more about like having a good time than about um, sort of being being bitter at the um, state of death, current affairs uh, and or the beginning Rodney of Rodney King situation. Rodney King and also the 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 still the, 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 the the, the business problems with Ruthless, like the politi- the interpolitical problems that were going on with like uh, the Ruthless Records breakup, right, and, right, uh, the beginning of Death Row, and Shug <laughs> Knight, and you Shug, mad Shug Knight, oh jeez. So, um, but uh, I I will say um, the average homeboys, we are looking into uh, making an album. Of course, we've been uh, looking into that since 2011, but um. The Chronic, definitely a huge inspiration. So, um, if we ever can put together some beats, they'll, we're going to have a lot of tracks Excuse me, that uh, sound similar to The Chronic. We're doing our homework. <laughs> okay, number three. Number three. Is um, Electric Wizard's Dope Throne. Oh, that's it, the biggest no-brainer. It is. The, oh, yeah. my God. It would have been number one, but we just, like... Not that, not like I said. There's, these hey, are not. These are not chronological. This was not alphabetical or ra- or or ranked in importance. I'm gonna rank it number one right now, though. I would probably also rank it number one. It is the, the dankest I, record I've ever heard. 
the albums you you can never smoke weed and you hear the album you're suddenly high if you've never heard it before it is the widest grin you get every time you listen to it like yes it, it's incredible um i i don't know how they did it it's it's an album where the band is good and their best album normally an al- a band that has a best album that's way better than the others their other albums are not good that's right. why that discrepancy is so big yeah electric wizards other albums are good yeah they're just nowhere near as good as <laughs> dope throne it's incredible i i don't know how it sounds like that i the amount the amount of low end and just the filters they use on his voice yeah the distortion on the voice it's it sounds like the same band but another band <laughs> a better band it's like oh if uh it's like if they all fucking took steroids for musicians and that was like their 98 you know home run chase album right like it's it's on another level for a great band, saw, saw them live. They were great. You know what they closed with? The fucking Dope best Throne. track on the album, Funeropolis. They played Dope Throne. Oh, that was, that was not right. the closer. It was Funeropolis yeah. they closed with, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's striking to see an album that far away better than the other albums for a good band. Yeah. Like, I can't think of another band where their best album is, like, six times better than their second album. <laughs> But their second best album is also good. Yeah, I, I. It just does not happen. Like I, I, I would love to talk to the guys. Be like, how the fuck did this happen? Like we we saw some of the videos of them the the making of you yeah. know, and uh, they're great. But you know, it doesn't really it, shed any insight on how the fuck they got that sound. It, it, for me, it does a little bit, but sure, you but, know, like what amps they were using, right? The amps, but yeah, yeah. what what mics they were using. Yeah, but not none of like the mixing process, you know. They they show the mixer too, but like Yeah, but the process of like putting things together. Yeah. Very important. Well it was recorded live and I think a lot of it was done with a commitment front on the front end. Uh huh. Which is not what you do digitally anymore. Everything is it's done the back end because you have all the time to change your mind and you know sure. things. But anyway, the um, can't give enough love to that album. Yeah, and for the rest of the pod in the background, we'll have it going. All right, Steve. Moving on. So this is a, those were the definites. Like no way in hell that's not gonna be on no the list. arguments from me. Um, the rest of them are basically I'm gonna throw up there and see if we're gonna stick it and if it should go on, what and whatnot. And the uh, first first one will be offered up. Yeah, I'll probably need to turn that down. I'm going to turn it down. All right. Continue on. All right. Um, is a, elect- a Jimi Hendrix Electric Ladyland? Uh, I can't remember if I've stated this on the pod before I've mentioned it to you in discussion mm-hmm. no one's had a better final two tracks than Jimi Hendrix ever had 
for official studio <laughs> albums. You end side four with All Along the Watchtower and Voodoo Child's Slight Return. Like, right. that. that is insane. Yeah. That, 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 it might be a, a better one-two song for anything. Yeah. Let alone ending your studio album career. Right. Like, Always Voodoo see, Child, yeah. I will defend as the greatest guitar track ever. In pop music, I'm not going to sit here and claim, uh, oh, Segovia this is a Parisian two-finger guitarist from the 20s. You know, he had this song. I'm talking about pop records. Yeah. I... I That's the greatest I, I guitar bought, track ever. I bought... I picked that record up, or it was given to me at Christmas, actually. And I, all I wanted to listen to was a lot of those last two songs, but I also learned to f- like how There's awesome the rest of those really songs, good songs were. Too. The Rainy Days, Dream Aways, and yeah. the Reprise, 1983, and Mermaid and Turn to Be. Going, going the 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 Sonic ex- the Sonic exploration. Those all those tracks do. I feel um, like it's it's not I quite actually, as beefing as some of the as uh, just, some of the other stuff. Uh, I would, I would. Put, it's more. Like I would put rainy day. Personal, you know. Ex- I would put rainy day in there. I would. I would There's submit rainy day. Some tracks I'd on submit there. even voodoo child, the the fourteen minute long blues blues jam. Voodoo child. Yeah, I meant. That's what I said. Child. I'm repeating it because I never knew it was pronounced that way. Yeah, because he sings it, child. Yeah, you never the, said the voodoo. fourteen I'm minute a voodoo track. Chile, voodoo chile. Lord knows I'm a voodoo Chile. Maybe it was Chile, like the country. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be funny. Anyway, um, so are we gonna pass that? I on table? the strength of the last ta- two songs alone, I, I could not condemn it or not pass it. Okay. It's going on the list. Put it on the board. Plus the UK album art. <laughs> It could have been uh, two hours of silence, but the album art, you know, it, yeah. it's it's going to get some consideration. <laughs> that's a beef and ass choice right there. Uh, that's good. Um, and there's a, it's gonna, really fuck Puritan America. Oh yeah, ain't, fuck ain't, off. It ain't right. Fuck off. Yeah, it's not natural. Let's get some. Let's get some titties on this album. It's Ladyland, lads. <laughs> <laughs> some good titties on that cover. And I'm an equal opportunist. You want to throw some dicks on there too, like I, I mean, um I don't wanna be I wanna be I wanna make sure we get, you know, a good balance. I wanna make sure we get some titties on there. You wanna make sure you do your thing, you know, uh I I just I just don't wanna sound sexist. <laughs> I'm not gay, I just don't wanna sound sexist. Not gay, willing to sound sexist. <laughs> uh. But if I was, I would want equal rights. <laughs> um, so, I got a couple. Couple. Uh, we have a couple artists on here. Okay. And because it's like a ten, I'm trying to keep this down to ten. I'm trying to keep like one album per artist. Right. So we got like, when I throw up the next ones, they'd be like, okay, we got to figure out. Wh- one of them would be some. There's more than one beef and record. Perhaps, but one's got to make the. Well, top feel free 10. to mention multiple records if you want. Yeah. For you know context. Uh, the one I'm going to throw up right now is uh, King Crimson, and it's between Red and Discipline. And I'm going to probably go with Red for now. I'm 
I don't I don't think I cannot go with red. I feel like discipline that's that's a level of King Crimson I never fully dived into. But I'm not going to say that it's it's you know better or worse. It's just a little different for me. Red resonates with me more. Okay. I like the that era. That's like you know certainly in our opinion you know seven sixty nine to seventy five. That that's the prog rock era that matters, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's good stuff that maybe came before or after, but that that's that's kind of the the era mm-hmm. that really sticks out. Yeah. And red was seventy four. Coincidentally, not a lot of Fripp. A lot of the other guys, like Fripp, oversaw everything, of course. Yeah. But you know, it, it was, was more, a was, little more of a collaborative effort. That's true. And love Wetton. We all love Bruford. Love Fripp. You know, like yeah. Love all the all those guys those, are all great. That, that's, that's kind of the power trio that you know, right? Now, obviously, there's some side players, some some violinists, yeah. some and David Cross, know. and that one they brought in like Mel Collins and Ian McDonald on to do horn work and um, somebody else. Maybe. But for me, that that symbolizes that's the tone I wanted for Deadline. Oh, I thought uh, I always thought it was discipline. No. I was, I was doing an elephant talk like a day. Uh, you were doing that, but the tone I wanted okay. was the red tone. Where it like it bites. You know? Mm-hmm. Red bites. Yeah. It's it's melodic, but it's harsh. Right. And it's very listenable, but it just I I, I had never really heard music like that that really just kind of punch you in the gut but it felt good mm-hmm. you know I was like damn this you know <laughs> this is really cool yeah and discipline is a little bit more um, kind of rhythmic which you know I'm not going to say is better or worse but for me I don't value that as much as that kind of red tone you know just the emotional and musical tone okay that i i picked up more on that than the kind of discipline um kind of rhythmic tone okay so for me red is definitely definitely the one i prefer although i respect the hell out of discipline i mean yeah i think it was going to be red anyway but i just wanted to get just want to make sure we didn't cover that we had that covered yeah for sure so red up there Yeah, can't say much about that. The ability, just that, and with King Crimson, it's always interesting how they were always like slightly ahead of the curve of how things were going. Where like Red was always toning. I mean, we, Red we can was talk about this down. in another podcast. I I consider I just, King Crimson. I just, I just want to make the point. Their yes, ability seven and no one else. Wait, what? So in power rankings, King Crimson's number one. Skip two through six. You have yes, and then like why, the others, I, I don't really care that much. Why is about. yes seven? Tears below King Crimson. Body of work. Oh, like prime era. Okay, we'll have to talk about that later. I'm a little confused. That's why I mentioned it in that way. All I just wanted to mention was that just the, 
I, the credibility of them to just put stuff, improvise on the spot in a non-jazz way uh, or in a non-blues jazz tradition is always uh-huh. uh, is uh, high high on my my list on uh, impressiveness. Love me some yes. So uh, okay. So uh, I also have on here uh, either Paul's Boutique or License to Ill. Now that's a tough one. I have to go Paul's Boutique, but the the argument for License to Ill can be made and should be made. There would be no Paul's Boutique without License to Ill. That's true. Obviously. License to Ill is such a great parody of so many things. Mm-hmm. It's it's <laughs> and also sincere in a lot of things. I think they kind of overplayed a lot of the satire in that. There's some really fucking good samples in uh, track building in, in the latter end, you know, slow and low and um, time to get ill. You know, the the final two tracks have some fucking awesome stuff. And even, um, um, not Brass Monkey, um, let me look it up, but, um, that, that album has a lot of, I mean, the first fucking track is When the Levee Breaks and Sweet Leaf, like, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what an incredible synthesis. Oh, uh, Mutiny on, um... Mutiny on the deck is what I'm all about. Yeah, like, you know, just right away going fucking hard. So, License to Ill, I think, in the scheme of things, critically is underrated. But, um, Paul's Boutique, it, it you can't really argue against Paul's Boutique for being real. Rhyming and stealing is the song I'm thinking of. The Dust Brothers are just the song I'm thinking of. Hold it now, hit it. Great oh, song. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold it now, hold, hit it. <laughs> but um, License to Ill has, you know, that run from Fight for Your Right till the end of the album. I'll skip Brass Monkey. That it's a little kind of annoying of a song. Right. It's not really my style. So aside from that one, not, not that I dislike it. It's just a little. Uh, it's kind of like the epitome of the obnoxious Beastie Boys. Yeah. You know, effect that I wasn't really looking for. So if you go fight for your right, no sleep till Brooklyn. Paul Revere, which is incredible. Hold it now. Hit it. Slow and low, time to get old. You know that's that's six tracks that are that can hold their own with uh, Paul's Boutique. Yeah, but Paul's Boutique is just it's it was the most innovative hip hop album at the time. It got them sued out the ass for all the samples they used without permission. God bless them, and it really. I, I'm not. I'm not so sure if "Ready to Die" samples the way they do. If Paul's Revere doesn't, you know mm. that that kind of track building. You know the avalanches don't do what they do. Yeah. The the building building a track from the you know it's like you know 
really felt it was like a laboratory. You know, the 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 licensed ill tracks don't feel like a laboratory song. No. Not that every hip hop song should be one, but you know, a lot of the best ones are because it's. I I really do love that tradition of you know, going through old records and combining beats and hooks and yeah. all this shit and rapping. That's oh, fucking great. And Paul's Paul's boutique, you know, really felt like the first uh, great, you know, sampling or sample bill album. Dust Brothers also great on Odelay, another That's also on the nomination uh, list. So if you uh, want to get put that on there, we can do that right now. Uh, let's go. All right, so we're we're going to go ahead with Paul's Boutique. Next up is Odelay. I'm going to say No. No. Mellow Gold is just it's too much. It's the exact Beck I want. I Mellow Gold it was between Odelay and Mellow Gold. So we Yeah, could, I figured that'd be the second one. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. I feel like just that that's that's the like the perfect like hillbilly like at what what the who the fuck is this guy like yeah. it really like I like that so much about Mellow Gold and there's so many great moments on that she can talk to squirrels yeah <laughs> coming out of convalescent home. Yeah, motherfucker. (laughs) It's just it hits on on a level that resonates more than any of the Beastie Boys licensed ill moments. Right? right. It's it's like even more authentic. Of like, oh my god, everyone's out to To get get you, motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah, it's hey, Mr. Asshole. I I love Odelay, and I love that. Uh, live live DVD we got. Was oh it like god, yeah. was it the fucking like Ellen show? <laughs> it was like, no, it was like some Toronto. Uh, ah, where Canadian. the fuck? It, great show. Yeah, but Mellow Gold is that. That's exactly what I want from back. That's like perfect. So uh, that, that's a tough one, but I, I'm gonna have to go Mellow okay. Gold for that one. So we got three spots left. Okay, I'm gonna list. I'm gonna list the list so far. What we got on beefness albums of all time in no. Particular rank and no particular, obviously not in chronological order. Uh huh. You got Led Zeppelin one, uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, yep, Electric Wizard Dope Throne, Jimi Hendrix Electric Ladyland, King Crimson Red, Beastie Boys Pulse Boutique, and Bex Mellow Gold. Yep. So we got three spots left and I got one, two, three. Let's see, what we got here. Four, five, six nominees. Okay. Let's Maybe go through seven. it. Maybe seven. Um, Trout Mask Replica. Cannot be ignored. Let's keep moving. I want to hear everything okay. before we go into it. I got um, Disraeli Gears Cream. That's definitely um, the most notable and... Not productive, but maybe impactful power trio of the rock era of that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Let's keep going. Um, music from the Big Chair. Okay. Um, I currently put X Military as a Death Grips album, although we can pick any Death Grips album that suits the bill. Um, that's not a bad one to put. I mean, it's I I'd say it's between that. 
um, the money store, government plates, and um, the uh, niggas on the moon, Jane Death, the, the powers that be. Yeah. The other albums are good, but continue. And uh, Rolling Stones, XL on Main Street. I... I have a hard time considering that one beefing in the same way that I'm thinking of these these others, but continue on. Uh, and a couple, uh, maybe a jazz record or two, maybe Black Saint, Sinner Lady. I'm probably gonna lean towards putting that one on there. Or um, that that's like a fucking King Crimson, like yeah, like jazz, like it's it's just it's kicking your ass, and you're like, oh my god. And and or maybe um, a love supreme. That that yeah, the spiritual beef can't can't be ignored there. So, and then I also threw like ready to die because you mentioned it and I forgot I had it. So, I I think I'm gonna have to round this list out with um, Black Saint, the Center Lady, a love supreme, and ready to die. I I, I feel like you that's... wouldn't even put the music from the big chair in there. It's. It's a bit more of an ironic beat. <laughs> it, Are you a, telling me that you actually don't like Tears for Fears? I love them. But I can't love them in the same way I love Black Satan the Sinner Lady. There's no way. <laughs> like, they're incredible, but it, it's, you know, it's like, is my favorite ice cream my favorite food over my favorite, like, yeah. fucking, like, ribs? Like, no. <laughs> you know? It's my favorite ice cream. It's my favorite ribs. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I love those guys. But, like, it, you know, it's clearly a, a little... Uh, <laughs> some dorks from England with great haircuts, you know, making some of the best pop bangers of the 80s. I, I, I can't put that in the same level as Mingus or... Uh, or Coltrane, or um, um, what was the third one there? Um, well, I threw "Ready to Die" in there. Right, yeah, yeah. Is, I'm uh, not, sh- I'm not sure about "Ready to Die" because I think this, I think you're oh into that God. more than I am. But like, oh, you're kind of the dog. Yeah. There's a thing about you being the beefer general, and I'm not. So I, like, I will put "Ready to Die" above Paul's Boutique. Okay. As a performance, I will qualify it with that. As a production and album. I might rank uh, Paul's Boutique above, but the greatest single rap performance on an album I've ever heard is Biggie Smalls on Ready to Die. That is incredible. So I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna round out the list with that. Love Cream, loved Israeli Gears. Would you say those make it in the back channels? So maybe the last like, if this went to 15, would that make the cut? I'd say that album does, yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, um, the uh, Captain Beefheart cannot be ignored. He's Captain Beefheart. So, you know. Okay. So, you know. And then... Um, yeah, songs from the big chair is you know because we we do, it's all time we do have to make a point that it's all time. We, well, there's there's like there's like an albums and there's also singles. There's yeah, there's you know albums I mean? like and singles. We, we, there's songs. There's a playlist 
that we shoot to just because oh, yeah. there's a song and uh, hey, we beef to there's a song like the, say like I don't I don't the, think the way like, we do things here is it's not oh this is the mood tonight no right. it's like here's this here's that you know th- this shit's funny this shit's actually really fucking good you yeah. know it, it, it's a mix you know impact so, emotion yes Amazon drama my divorce Steve Jobs Colin Coward <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at time-wise? 40. Okay, that's a good... So I think, you know, we're keeping it short tonight, and um, that kind of gives you... We'll probably post this. So anyway, the final list... Read uh, it out, Steve. With with honorable mentions to Disraeli Gears and Trump Mass Replica, uh, and maybe XL on Main Street as my... Steve's pick. Uh, if, yeah, if, if Steve's got an extra pick, he'll if I, put, if I he'll, have like one, if I have one small like right in, yeah, I like the um, I I, I yeah. never really considered it on that level, yeah. but I I think um, no knock on the L. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, number ten, like I said, no no rank or order, but Ready to Die by uh, uh, Biggie Smalls, Big I B I G, uh, Black Saint and the Sitter Lady by Charles Mingus. Mingus. Love Supreme, John Coltrane, and uh, uh, McCoy Tyner, and Jimmy Garrison, and uh, Elvin Jones. Incredible I have to to mention all four guys, because that that whole thing. It's Um, fucking incredible. uh, Beck's Mellow Gold. Um, I I love it so much. I can't believe you. Um, Mountain Dew Rock, fucking with my head. Get crazy with the cheese whiz. Uh, yeah, uh, that might be the the white pick of the of the. Of the yeah. <laughs> He's a lot of white picks. Uh, the only the only whiter pick we can make is like uh, kind of blue Miles Davis. <laughs> yeah, right. Every white person loves that album. Or Dave Brubeck, out of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time out. Time out. <laughs> um, Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys, King Crimson's Red, Electric Ladyland. Jimi Hendrix, James Marshall Hendrix, um, Dope Throne, Electric Wizard, uh, Andre Young's The Chronic, and Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin One. I, I like the list. I think that that's a I good. Think this is a pretty good, pretty good out representation what, what, of uh, yeah what the beefers are the about. Dank as shit. This is required listening. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I want to thank everybody. I want to remind everybody that Meet the Beefers is currently out. Yes. Oh, on all let's, streaming let's, sites. Let's have a minute or two about this, Steve. Here. And it's available on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, Napster. Uh, LimeWire. LimeWire. Pirate Bay. Pirate Bay. YouTube. Um, Nya. Uh, my email address. Uh, it's on Gmail. Band, it's on Hotmail. Bandcamp. It's on AOL. It's on. Um, you can find it in Walmart, Kmart, Wally World. Find Disneyland. Um, it's a. It's we all know this is this is like the album that it broke new ground. I mean, we it changed the world. It changed the world. It's the second. It I mean, one, why do you think we're doing this podcast? It's the reason. I mean, we would put. It would sound like we would be sounding like assholes. I mean, Barack Obama emailed us asking what is beefing it, so we had we told him we'd put this podcast up. We would sound like assholes if we actually uh, put our album, which is amazing in itself, on this list 
of beef and It was albums. not necessary. It's it kind of comes with the territory. Um, You'll yeah, know when we you all hear know, it. Broke new ground. Broke new ground. Uh, out, out on the major services. Yeah, it's big fucking news. It's it fucking broke new ground. Uh, and you can find it at Psychedelic Space Beef Band if you type in that or meet the beefers. On your local search engine or uh, web engine. Your Ask Jeeves. Your Ask Jeeves. Your your your, classics. Your uh, Pornhub.com. Anyway, it's it's a great, fantastic record. You should check it out. I'm really happy with how how everything came out. We we listened to some of it earlier tonight. It pairs it pairs really well with Team America World Police. Yes, it does. If you feel like screening Team America World Police. Vodka. And um, a really nice uh, hunk of roasted tip. potatoes and uncrustables, strawberry, not the grape. Uh, also, really well with Tropicana orange juice. Shout out to them. Um, aloe vera sunburn lotion. Whenever you've been burned by the sun, come into the cave with the beefers and aloe vera and recover. Whenever you've been burned by not eating Blasto Butter popcorn. <laughs> Throw it in the microwave. Shout out to Blasto Butter. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Full Throttle Energy Drink. Yes. The hardest working energy drink <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> Come on now, boy.